Welcome, everyone. We're Simply Bitcoin. We break down the news from Twitter, the daily fail, meme review, software releases, hardware releases, and the websites by plebs. Joining us today, fellow Bitcoiner and return guest, Texas Slim. And he's got a focus on food intelligence or, you know, newly talking about food intelligence. Anyways, we are going to go to the numbers. Let's do it. Number time. Number time is brought to you by Bitcoin 2022. It's going to be the largest Bitcoin conference ever. It's going to be hosted in sunny, sunny Miami Beach, Florida. But get your tickets now before the price goes up. But you can take advantage of the link down below for 10% off your ticket to Bitcoin 2022. At the time of this recording, the block height is 714,323. The Bitcoin price 48,865. Chain rewrite days 740. Total public lightning capacity 3,293.4. Moscow time 2046. And blocks to the halvening 100. 25,677. Nico, before we get into anything, I just want to say... Is it time? Is it time? But wait, wait, you have to give people context. Okay. Do I have to give them context? Yeah, so let, let me explain. Let me explain. Okay, so okay, if you're fine. new to the channel, I bet Phil six months ago that the hash rate would recover by the end of the year. Now, here's the thing. Phil... You know, he just started mining, so he had no idea what bet he was trying to make, but I forced the bet onto him anyways, and the hash rate broke an all-time high. So I won the bet, and now Phil has to drink a shot of maple syrup, but before you feel bad for him, he does this any every morning because he is Canadian. All right, Phil, go ahead. <laughs> Cheers. It's Ben Sugar Shack, okay? So it's Vermont. Well, it's actually New Hampshire maple syrup. I couldn't get Canadian maple syrup. Don't, don't at me on this. All right, here we go. That is a lot of sugar. <laughs> oh, he's pretending. He's pretending. Mm. It, all Canadians, they wake up in the morning and they take a shot of maple syrup. And look, you can see this thing was brand new. Okay, so I took down the whole top. And all right? we know at least two gulps. <laughs> two gulps. All right. He took the maple syrup. Do they syrup. pour whiskey in there? I was thinking the Ooh. same thing. <laughs> now that, that is a drink. Syrup. Yeah, that, that one is a drink. Oh my god! Like crack. So that's yeah. how you cure a cold. All right. Well, we made the plebs happy, but anyone who's new to the channel is freaking confused right now. So Phil, you got a very interesting uh, article oh, yeah. in relation to the numbers. <laughs> I totally forgot we were even doing that at this point. Okay. Yes. I'm sorry. Here we go. Here we go. Let's go. We definitely made the plebs happy, but anyone who's new is freaking confused right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I just, that was, uh, that was a lot. Okay, here we go. Anyways. All right, so we've got, I think that this is, I think that this is interesting stuff, okay? And I think that this is significant, and I think it's signal. So let's dive into this. Just randomly found this article today. The Curious Case of the Bitcoin Lightning Network and the Algorithmic Trader. Now look. I'm not going to get into all the technicals about trading. This is one of these things where we look, at, we read through this, and we zoom out. Okay, what does this mean for us? Here we go. What affects the typical algorithmic trader? The most fundamental algorithmic traders are arguably the market makers, also called liquidity providers, who, quote, buy and sell prices for marketable assets. While there are many that do this strategy, including reputable companies like Jump Trading, Cumberland, B2C2, there are a few large market makers using Lightning. 
But just like OKX and Bitfinex, some growing trading firms see the benefits of the network provides and are starting to integrate with it. That's right. See, because again, Nico, right? We talk about incentives. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, here we go. Let's dive into some of these incentives that Lightning is starting to show people. Like many algorithmic traders, Arcabay's market-making strategies require them to open and maintain future positions, often with Bitcoin. But during periods of volatility, they, they need to either lower their positions or to increase the amount of Bitcoin held as collateral in a position. In an ideal world, the trader would not leave a single Satoshi in excess on the exchange unless it's absolutely necessary. However, it isn't an ideal world. And this isn't the case for many cryptocurrency market makers. Extra Bitcoin is frequently left on exchanges to facilitate quick margin top up in the event of a large price mm. movement which can leave positions vulnerable to liquidation. Typically, excess margin may need to be sent intra exchange in order to add more margin to another open position. With blockchains normally extremely busy at these times, it's typically impossible to update the margin balance of a position faster than the market can move against it. Peter, who's the, the head of this uh, Orca Bay company that that's being interviewed peter puts this simply as when we're using an on when we're using on-chain transactions if blocks are not mined quickly enough or the market moves too quickly then we could end up needing to wind down a position or get liquidated lightning okay. fixes this the lightning network for the algorithmic trader the Lightning Network is capable of sending Bitcoin at a speed of 500 transactions per second right now. Bye-bye, faster shitcoins. <laughs> Bye. That, that one use case you thought you had, that's gone. Anyways, it's been gone for a while, but this is just nice to read again and again. Anyways, the speed only increases with each update, with some estimated about 40 million transactions per second is theoretically possible. Because of this, Orkabay suggests they can completely rethink Bitcoin settled trading strategies that require more than one exchange. To illustrate this, Peter walked me through one of their testing scenarios. So don't worry, this all makes sense at the end. Orkabay wants to open 1 million BTC USD future positions across two exchanges at a Bitcoin price of 60K. But they do not have a million worth of Bitcoin. Therefore, they need to use leverage. Orkabay has a low risk tolerance for some trades, requiring them to maintain a margin buffer of 30% on the exchange if a position is open, meaning they hold more Bitcoin than is needed on the exchange to cover scenarios such as the price of Bitcoin swinging 30% in the opposite direction of their trade, resulting in their position being liquidated. In order to maintain the 30% buffer in this example, it would necessitate them to deploy a minimum of five Bitcoin to both exchanges. But using the Lightning Network, Orkabay found they could reduce their risk buffer or the amount of Bitcoin they held on the exchange in this scenario to 5%. This is because they were able to move from their own Lightning-enabled wallet to that of the exchange without having to worry about transaction delays. So here's the kicker. On-chain, Orkabay required five Bitcoins to cover that same trade. Sorry, five Bitcoin. With Lightning, they only needed 0.83 of a BTC to affect the exact same million dollar trade. 
So all of a sudden, lightning fixes this. Lightning fixes this. Man, that, that first of all, that's an, wow. that's an amazing article. Um, and I think that we've all, especially in the early days when you get into Bitcoin and you're dabbling in shit coins a little bit, you definitely know what it means to, um, you know, send, uh, forgive me for using the word, cryptocurrency between exchanges. And you know that sometimes that the confirmation times, even if you set really high fees, you still need a couple confirmations from the exchange itself, right? So, you know, now you have Lightning Network where it's immediate, it's fast, and it's exactly what you said, Phil. It breaks a lot of these shitcoin narratives. Why do they exist? Anyways, Texas Slim, what do you think? Well, I've been waiting for this kind of moment. <laughs> I can I can date myself here. Whenever I was in the software business earlier on in Austin, we were with a company and we were called Cybercore. And what we did is we allowed you to trade straight to the ECNs in Wall Street from your computer. That had never been done before. And they uh, they ended up, uh, Charles Schwab ended up buying us out for about, I think it was a half a billion dollars in stock. So the point and the moral of the story is, is what we solved was time and distance. Mm. And we established trust within that trade and everybody across the, you know, the nation first and then the world, you know, Charles Schwab became a very big online trader because he cut out all the, uh, the brokerage fees. He cut out so much and uh, what Cybercore started was with a market maker. And, you know, it was right when online stuff, online software was getting pretty popular. And um, we went through a lot of stuff, but the most important thing is, is exactly what lightning just did. So, yeah, it did. And, I, and I think, you know, in, in hindsight, it was obvious because this is what you see in markets, right? Markets, uh, they tend to find the path of least resistance. They tend to become more and more and more efficient. Yeah. So I think mm -hmm. that what's, that's what we're seeing right now, more efficiency in the market. I'm just really happy that it's happening over Lightning and people are using the Lightning Network to solve that problem. And, and another observation I might add is that this is an incentive for exchanges to add Lightning. Before the incentive was, it was a bad incentive. It was just Bitcoiners like, you gotta add Lightning, right? But this is an actual incentive that you know think about it some exchanges have lightning so if you're a user you're like okay i'm gonna trade between these two exchanges because i know i could send bitcoin or said shit coins very quickly between exchanges because they have lightning network capacity and i'm not going to use this exchange because it doesn't right so there's an incentive there for exchanges to add lightning so really really cool stuff phil that was an excellent article bro for numbers cool. But anyways, Phil, it's time for The Daily Fail. The Daily Fail is brought to you by Amber App. Check them out. Amber.app, easiest way to buy Bitcoin. It's a way to stack Bitcoins. That's by actual Bitcoiners. Check it out down below. It's actually your fault, Yellow. It's your fault that I had to drink that maple syrup. I shouldn't have listened to you. It was a terrible call about the hash rate. I'm blaming Yellow. Amber, the smart way to stack sets. All right, so both of these fails are actually, we, we were tagged by ICO Sonat in, in the whole fail segment. So it's all thanks to ICO Sonat. Shout out to you, bud. All right, here we go. This is just a quick one, right? Let's get a good laugh at this and also at the same time cry. Justin, the U.S. Senate passes debt limit increase by $2.5 Why not? Can I, Why can I, not? Look, Does it matter? I, I, when I saw this, I was thinking about, I was like, can I add this into the news? And I'm like, no. Why? Because it's like, dude, it's 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 a fantasy debt limit. There is no debt limit. There's, there's, 
it's like there, it's it's, it's 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 just it's it's a fugazi, it's a fugazi. Like it's it's so stupid. I saw like there's a New York Times article. It's like, can I make this into the news? And I'm like, no, this isn't news. This is just standard operating procedure. Think about it. These people, right? The the regulators, the politicians, they work for the government, so they're setting a debt limit on themselves. That's the equivalent of having a credit card, but you get to decide what your credit card limit is. Not the credit card company, you do, right? That's exactly what's happening here. So does it surprise me? Absolutely not. It's a charade, it's a charade, you know? It's it's just stupid, it's stupid AF. Anyways, Texas Slim, I'm sure you have some insight into this. (laughs) No, man, I don't even pay attention to it anymore. I know, right? It's so stupid. It doesn't even give me a rise. I was like, okay, let's let's move on here, and uh, you know, <laughs> next story. So exactly, I really don't. I I really don't put it in. I haven't put credit to that for a while. You know, whenever I figured out what it was growing up. So it is. It's a they look forward to it every year. You know, I, we just gave ourselves a freaking raise, man. Let's go freaking waste some more money. We're good to go. They put on a show too, as if it was real. Like when have they not raised it, you know, and we'll, we'll pull up like a nice chart so you guys could see what, you know, what, how much the U S is in debt. And, uh, they just announced another 2.5 trillion. Eh, What could it hurt? And for reference guys, the market cap of Bitcoin is just a trillion. (laughs) Anyways, Phil, what is the next fail? All right. So this one we're going to dive into a little bit more, right? This is a tweet from Tom, uh, Tomer or Tomer Strollett. Okay. Breaking 8.6 million ETH or $32 billion trapped in the single largest Ethereum contract and unable to be spent, uh, sent or spent will require a hard fork that hasn't been written or specified yet. Timing in terms of the hard fork still unknown. Okay. I did a little diving into this. Okay. Wait, another one? Yeah, so but this is interesting. This is this is very interesting. Okay? Because this is not just this is not the same as like like the the normal garbage. This is like special garbage. Uh, this is a special kind of steaming pile of crap, Nico. Mm. This is the kind that has legs. All right, here we go, right? So let's go take a look at this article. 33.5 billion worth of ETH, right, that we just read is trapped in this single largest Ethereum contract. Like, why isn't everyone freaking out about this, right? Okay. So the the single largest Ethereum contract containing 8.6 million ETH worth 33.5 billion sitting idle because it cannot be spent or sent. Okay. The contract in question is an ETH 2.0 beacon chain staking contract launched in November 2020, and it cannot be spent without a hard fork. I always like to go to their website. I always like the, you see, you see when you're, when, when you're, when you're dealing with a marketing machine and you're, and you're, and you're dealing with something that isn't real, they have to tell you that it's real. They can't show you that it's real. It can't actually be real. So what they have to do is they create marketing. So we have an ultrasound.money website. So it doesn't matter that what we're talking to you about, about the fact that there's $33 billion of ETH locked in a contract that no one can move. It doesn't matter. This is ultrasound money. Okay. It doesn't doesn't matter that, that, you know, the majority of the nodes are not run by individuals. They're run by (laughs) server farms, right? We pulled you the receipts seven, about 68%. That doesn't matter. Um, It's ultrasound. It's, It's just so stupid. 
So it, it, it's ultrasound. Okay, so of course, I have to go take a look at what this beacon chain thing was, right? Because otherwise we wouldn't be doing, you know, what we're doing if we didn't go take a look at this crap and figure this out. So this is their proof of stake fork. This is the thing. This is what it is. So all these people have shitcoin locked in this contract waiting for the staking to take place. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, it's not funny. It's not funny. I apologize. It's not funny. Okay, hold on. The beacon chain. The beacon chain doesn't change anything about Ethereum we use today. I don't know about that. Not sure about that. It will coordinate the network. It introduces proof of stake to the Ethereum ecosystem. It might know, you might know this as phase zero on the technical roadmaps. Pay special attention to the beacon chain doesn't change anything about Ethereum we use today. Because right now there's $33 billion that begs to differ. But it's okay because they're, they're going to wait and it's going to get staked. Check this out. What does the beacon chain do? Remember that they said they're not changing anything. The beacon chain will conduct or coordinate the expanded network of shards and stakers. But it won't be like the Ethereum mainnet of today. It can't handle accounts or smart contracts. So... They're about to make... They're about to make a shittier version of their shitcoin that gets even more centralized and that takes away the, the only thing that, that they get to claim is their use cases, right? Because their whole use cases is that they're not actually sound money. The use cases is that they throw all this extra technical crap at you, right? And all these little features that are somehow supposed to equal value. So now they're taking away those features. They're replacing it with proof of stake, which hasn't happened yet. And this is how they're doing it. So right now, there's a whole bunch of ETH that's locked in this contract waiting for proof of stake to take place. Man, I want you to think about this. The clown world and the ETH world are very similar. Um, they like you know, uh, based on what you're saying, it, dude. It, <laughs> this is just so. This man, this is stupid. This is. I don't know what else to say. This is just. Dude, no, look, no, but, but, but look. It, it, yeah, go, go ahead, ahead, Texas. Go ahead. No, it just reminds me of what's going, you know, the, the mass formation stuff that we're dealing with, you know, across the globe. Every time I look or think about ETH, I see a mass formation. It's just, it, it cracks me up because it reminds me of the dot-com bust, you know, and all the hype. And you you said it, Phil, it becomes a marketing plan, you know, and whenever you're you're screwed, you have some damn good marketing. <laughs> so. that, that's all that is? Oh, man, that's a it great is. observation. Whenever you're screwed, you have some damn good marketing. And kind of connect this with, uh, you know, the the thing going on in the world that cannot be mentioned. It's had a hell of a marketing. It's had great marketing. Yeah. Well, you know what I said? I've said it. You can go back and look at my stuff. I said, man, when they released this, the, the whatever uh, marketing plan, that's all this was. And that people didn't understand that. And we're going to get another marketing plan. But, Absolutely. You know, it's, it's not going to be as, as uh, people are, we're kind of over the hump here. Something's going to happen here pretty quick. And it's all I, 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 I agree. I agree. I definitely agree with yeah. that statement. If you guys have been keeping up with what's going on, you guys know what we're talking about. But uh, going back to this E thing, what I noticed about those two websites, Phil, is they looked very nice. They looked very nice. And uh, the, the ultrasound money one, the ETH emblem with the wings kind of popping out, right? Very cool graphics. It kind of reminded me from 
the evil machine from that that Tom Cruise movie. It's called Oblivion, right? And it's like the mm-hmm. alien in the sky. I'll pop up a picture so you guys can see what I'm talking about. That kind of reminded me of that. You know, it was very menacing. It was like these black wings and then lava coming out of the bottom. Or maybe it was just had Gatorade and, you know, he had to release himself. <laughs> maybe it was that. Um, very fitting for a shitcoin. But I, I don't know, man. It's uh, it's exactly what you said. It's 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 all marketing. And look, guy, you know, Phil and I's case, I don't know so much about in Texas's Bitcoin rabbit hole experience, but we started shitcoining, right? Most Bitcoiners do. So we've used these these shitcoins. We've used these platforms. We're not talking to you from a perspective of, you know, we went straight to Bitcoin. We don't even know what Ethereum is like. We both know what Ethereum is like. I've used Ethereum many, yep, many right. years ago, right? So we're talking from a place of they've been saying ETH 2.0. Vitalik has been saying that for years now. They still haven't gotten to work. And specifically, and Gigi brings up a really good point about this, proof of work is the innovation, right? The fact that you have to spend energy, you don't spend energy, but you have to spend electricity, right? You have to use energy, right, to secure the blockchain is what makes Bitcoin uncorruptible. That is the innovation, right? Without the proof of work, what you have is a Frankenstein of the legacy system. The legacy system is a proof of stake system. Like I have no doubt, right? You know, the biggest holders of fiat have more influence over the fiat network and could change the rules as they see fit. Very similar to what you're hearing, right? With, you know, Vitalik snaps his finger, they change the mining algorithm. They do this, they do that, right? And now you find yourself in this position where it's $33 million is locked up in a smart contract that can't be accessed unless they do a total hard fork and for anyone who doesn't know what a hard fork is essentially every single node has to update its software on the ethereum network and if you don't update your software the ethereum that you use is useless right so it's like you have to fork right um and again how does that happen that happens in a centralized network. It doesn't happen in a decentralized network, right? Um, every Bitcoin software release is backwards compatible. So you could use the first version of Bitcoin Core and you could still send Bitcoin to the newest version of Bitcoin, right? You're not going to have all the added features, right? But you could still transact with those nodes, right? Um, anyways, Phil? It just as I'm listening to you, I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, so what are they going to do? I'm like, they're going to sit there. They're going to fork. They're going to fork. So let's keep in mind, right? There's ETC. Everyone, let, let's remember the first Ethereum that ever existed was ETC. Okay. Then there was the, the, the then they had the, uh, what's it called? Didn't they have the DAO hack, which ended up resulting in what ETH is now? Something like that. I don't even remember anymore. I, I don't know the history of it. But. I, I don't know the history, but um, either way, they, it started off as ETC, then they forked, and you have ETH, and now they have to fork again to move to proof of stake. So think about it, right? They they are currently using proof of work, and they're going to move to proof of stake, which is exactly what Nico just said is an extension of the current system. It doesn't make any sense at all. And the other thing is this. that That piece talks about conflicting ideas, one right next to each other. They say that they're not going to change anything, but then you have no choice but to hard fork. And then scrolling down the, the, the page, they tell you that you're going to lose functionality. So why isn't everyone just using, why aren't they just using Bitcoin? 
What is the point of this? Why are they like, it's like, what is the point of this? You're not building anything new already. They, you know, they always talk about the roll-ups, right? Oh, look, our roll-ups. That's Bitcoin's default. That's how Bitcoin has worked from the start. So they've spent years wandering around in circles, playing in the circus, and they're the only ones taking themselves. The, the sad thing is, is that the people who don't know take them seriously and actually think that these people make sense. I know I used to feel this way because I didn't understand either. And I thought they made sense until I started to actually understand. And then I was like, oh, OK, this makes no sense at all. It, so dude, it's just I, it, what, what just Texas, garbage. It is. It is, man. And what Texas Slim was is saying is spot on. It's it, it's the. They've been selling false promises for a long time, and they're extremely well-funded at the expense of the oh. public, of course, because they've been dumping bags yeah. on them, right? So when you have a very well-funded machine, right, you have a marketing machine on top of that, you could sell propaganda to people for a very long time. You have a very long burn oh, rate. Yeah. You have a very <laughs> long runway of being able to say, listen, this that this and then what you do is it just becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because people you know look at the end of the day guys this is what happened this year ethereum outperformed bitcoin this year so that tells people right from you're looking at it from a psychological monetary perspective and this e thing you know it looks promising right but you're just looking at it from the fiat value right you're not looking at it from the bitcoin perspective which is do you want to own the soundest money ever created that can't be debased that's decentralized right or do you want to own a shitcoin that has sacrificed decentralization i mean sacrificed decentralization for centralization and a, a, a shitcoin that hasn't separated the monetary policy out of the hands of humans now, what we've seen on a historical perspective, and I'll pull up the chart for you guys, is that Ethereum still hasn't reached an all-time high in Bitcoin terms, right? I'm not talking about, nope. Um, not talking about the fiat value. I'm talking about if you do, if you put Bitcoin and Ethereum side to side, Ethereum still hasn't surpassed Bitcoin, right? So that's the so that's the signal. That's that's what you guys should be focusing on, right? And that's where Bitcoin shines, right? against all the shitcoins. If you put Bitcoin, not USD, but you put Bitcoin with any shitcoin over a long period of time, what you'll see is that Bitcoin always outperforms them, right? And for and the reason for that is simple, right? It's the only decentralized, it's the most secure chain, right? It's the most censorship resistant, right? Do you think that Ethereum would have survived China ban the way that Bitcoin did? We think not. But anyways, nope. that's just our opinion. Toxic maxis. Yeah. But, but anyways, Phil, it's time for the Daily Meme Review. The Daily Meme Review is brought to you by Citadel21. It's the best Bitcoin cultural zine. It's stories by plebs for plebs. Awesome plebs signal. Get your copy today. There's only a thousand made per volume. Really cool stuff. Get your copy of Citadel21 right now. All right, first meme is brought to us by the legendary RD underscore BTC. I hate these guys. <laughs> 58K gang, 48K gang. Dennis, Dennis, we you want to be friends again? Uh, anyways, moving on to this one. This is by Crypto Cobain, a legendary shitcoiner. And when I say uh, legendary, he is a total shitcoiner. And this shit is coiner. really what, uh, you know, Congress right now is looking into stable coins and <laughs> That they pose, they could potentially pose a threat. You know, we had Hillary Clinton, right, say it the other day in a video. We played it for you guys. 
And this is funny. Stable coins pose a threat to our economy. Sure, Grandma. Let's get you to bed. I think very encompasses the meme perfectly. Uh, we have another one by a fellow plebe, full throttle hodl, the truth, Bitcoin, shit coins. I think it's very indicative, right? Um, except Ethereum would be this underneath, but on top it would look like a Ferrari. Yeah, right. exactly. Um, anyways, uh, moving on to this one. This is Bitcoin Meme Hub. The OG. Nice. This guy was the OG. He was first with the memes. Art mm -hmm. Thief then. Art Thief now. Control C. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the best memes I've seen in a while. Definitely going to well take done. the headline tomorrow. Phil, you posted this one in the, in the chat. Like Samsung, they too will be strengthened one day and the house will fall upon their overlords. Okay. A Bible reference. Deep, man. Right? Uh, I can't pronounce that. The Phyllis are upon. Thank you. Nico can't read. Hashtag. Okay. Governments, <laughs> pre coiners, shitcoin scammers, central banks, bear us lies and deception. Really deep. Very, it's I, like I, an I, artwork. I like it. I like is, it. Is bear us really bears? Ah. I don't know. It looks like <laughs> no. it looks it, it looks like Nico. Uh, maybe I'm behind it because maybe you can wrong. read. Maybe I can read. I don't know. But anyway, for that, I'm going to leave. I'm going to give it my girlfriend's AirPods that she left here. But the design is freaking terrible. Whose ears are this big? Whose ears are this big? This thing doesn't fit in your ear. And she's like, my ears are too small for this. And then I put it in my ear. I'm like, no, these things, Apple, you fucked up. Anyways, Phil, what about you? I'm all about the over-ear. I've always been about the over-ears. I don't care where you are. I've never found a proper use case for those things. I, I know that like somebody will tell you working out, but that's pretty much it. It's only working out. I'd like to just... They, they, they had a, a perfect design. It worked. It was comfortable, and they decided to fork and fuck it up. They ruined <laughs> it. Okay, well, for look, those epic memes are going to get my half eaten box of sweet tarts Ooh, that's a very sweet good tarts. score i'm a All fan right. of the sweet tarts now the texas gunslinger trying well, to get hell, i just yeah i i i'll beat you guys again i think i'm <laughs> i'm in lano uh, lano texas and i went across and i staying at this little roadside uh, motel it's called the lone star <laughs> thought it was kind of cool but uh, like there's that. a miller's there's a miller's meat market right across the street from me Ooh. And they've got all kinds of kick-ass meat. So, uh, jerky that and looks everything. better than and both of our scores for sure. <laughs> and they uh, they deliver. And I don't know. I haven't I haven't done the full on deep dive into them, but I went and checked them out. It smelled good. A lot of jerky. So, wow. You guys, look them up on the on the net. You gotta love Texas, man. That's really nice. really good really good stuff. He's a, can't get more Texas than that. Wearing a wearing a no. cowboy hat, <laughs> meat market I'm across the street, and the <laughs> motel or hotel he's staying at is called Lone Star. It's a motel. It's it's definitely a motel. <laughs> awesome, old awesome. school man. Awesome. Old school. I like awesome motels. behind me. <laughs> awesome, awesome scores. Very authentic scores. Um, but anyways, guys, you know the drill. We. We say some things that might rub shoulders with the wrong people. So uh, unless we specifically tell you, we always post Monday through Saturday. If you can't find us on YouTube, definitely subscribe to us on alternative video platforms like Rumble.com and our favorite, BitcoinTV.com. They really appreciate free speech there. You can upload whatever you want there and really cool stuff. So definitely check out BitcoinTV.com and Rumble.com.
Just subscribe just in case, just in case. You have to take these precautions. But anyways, guys, you could also subscribe or, you know, join our Telegram group, better said, and link us some Bitcoin memes to review because of Bitcoin meme review. And that's where I get the memes to review from that Telegram chat. So join right now. It's in the link description. But anyways, Phil, sign for the Daily News. Daily News is brought to you by CryptoCloaks.com. They make the best 3D printed Bitcoin merch like the 3D printed Bitcoin Freedom Grenade. Unscrews, you can put your open dimes in there or other stuff. And the, also the 3D printed Honey Badger also opens up. You can put your favorite hardware wallet. Really cool stuff. And you can take advantage of the link down in the link description for 5% off anything off the store. CryptoCloaks.com. All right, guys. So on the surface, this looks like a lot of noise. Um, but I'm going to connect it with some other news and I'm telling you there's a massive tsunami coming. Um, I think that 2022 specifically, let me, let me rephrase that 2022 in the next five years, I think are going to be enormous for Bitcoin because you're going to see a tremendous amount of institutional demand and it really going mainstream and taking over society i think we're already seeing snippets of that when you see tucker talking about it um in relation to uh inflation right you see sailor going making the rounds on on whatever you see jack maulers you know being featured on cnn business and all that stuff but check out how much money these bitcoin companies are raising right and remember smart money isn't stupid right that's why it's called smart money so they wouldn't be investing this much money into these companies if they didn't see a promising future in bitcoin right so institutional bitcoin broker ny dig valued at seven billion dollars in whopping one billion dollar funding round westcap is leading what appears to be the largest funding round in crypto history so ny dig was when sailor did the presentation Bitcoin for institutions, Ross Stevens from NYDIG was the person who essentially pitched why uh, the institutional demand, uh, why this is, you know, why this institution. So when you think about when an institution wants to buy Bitcoin, they go through NYDIG or NYDIG, right? So anyways, um, NYG, N NYDIG said Tuesday it raised a stunning $1 billion in a funding round that will be that value the firm at over seven billion dollars and potentially expand bitcoin's reach into any industry keyword there ceo robert gutman said the the round was led by west cap and joined by besserman venture capitals fintech collective and existing investors a firm fis f, f for sir mass mutual morgan stanley and new york life a press release said hear that so some of the biggest banks right biggest insurance companies they're investing into the future of Bitcoin, right? A lot of signal there. The magnitude of the raise reflects NYDIG's move to become something of a hybrid in terms of Bitcoin infrastructure, straddling both the infrastructure trading realm and also looking ahead towards consumer uses, NYDIG Chief Innovation Officer Patrick Sells told Coindesk. Sells likened the firm's various partnerships, wallet integrations, and infrastructures are something like AWS in the traditional web space, hence the large amount of interest in joining the funding round. Instead of trying to build a retail Bitcoin and shitcoin exchange that was, I love how they put crypto, right, but it's Bitcoin. Anyways, uh, whatever, 
retail Bitcoin and shitcoin exchange that was out competing for customers, we wanted to empower incumbents to be able to offer access to Bitcoin in a variety of ways. Sell said in an interview. The round is what what it is because that value proposition has re has resonated across the entire country. Sell said starting next year, America is going to see Bitcoin showing up everywhere in all kinds of applications. And that's the NY dig business model extremely bullish and i just want to highlight this guys because these are massive massive companies mass mutual morgan stanley and new york life are investing perhaps not directly into bitcoin the commodity but they are getting exposure to bitcoin right now i'm going to connect it with this lend raises 70 million dollars announces bitcoin backed mortgage product right sailor predicted this right don't sell your Bitcoin. You could just get a Bitcoin, you know, a Bitcoin collateralized loan. But instead of that, a Bitcoin collateralized mortgage, which is even, you know, pretty cool. You know, if you want to take that risk, really cool stuff. But again, this is noise. What I want you guys to focus on is the massive amounts of money these companies are raising from investors. And remember, these are Bitcoin companies. Right. So investors are seeing this and they're thinking this is a good bet. Right. Um, anyways, Bitcoin lending platform Lend has raised 70 million in a Series B financing round that leads the platform into a 540 million dollar valuation. The company said in a statement Wednesday, Lend also announced its new Bitcoin backed mortgage product, a pioneering offering that lets customers use their Bitcoin holdings to purchase real estate, allowing them to acquire property while benefiting from Bitcoin's price appreciation. Clients will be able to blend an equal amount of Bitcoin and property collateral as part of the mortgage loan. According to a statement sent to Bitcoin magazine, this unique collateralized structure, collateral structure, which relies on the stability of real estate to buffer against the volatility of Bitcoin, was designed to provide clients with a generous window to service their Bitcoin collateral during times of high market volatility. Lenz said the offering is currently in pilot mode. The company expects to launch the product broadly to its U.S. and, can and Canadian customers early next year and, and is targeting over $100 million in Bitcoin backed mortgage originations by the end of the first quarter that is absolutely massive remember what i told you guys 2022 is going to be a big year i'm going to connect it with what the ceo of ny dig said starting next year america is going to see bitcoin showing up everywhere in all kinds of applications and that's the ny dig business model and you're already seeing that right connect the dots right uh so absolutely crazy you see uh, mortgage Bitcoin backed mortgages, right? You don't have to sell your corn. Um, really cool stuff. And you're seeing a tremendous amount of interest from massive companies, Mass Mutual, uh, New York Life, and Morgan Stanley, one of the biggest banks in the world, right? They're getting exposure to Bitcoin. I think this is what we've always been talking about, right? We predicted this many, many months ago. The incentives of Bitcoin are too irresistible, Phil. He muted himself because he's yeah. Canadian. <laughs> I, I'm just listening to you go through all this, and I'm like, wow. Nobody had to create a shitcoin to do any of this stuff. It, it, all just, it all just worked because people sat there and they said, hey, I could just build this on Bitcoin. So I, I'm like, I, I'm just listening to this, and, and I'm just picturing the, these people trying to pitch their shitcoins against all of this actual value creation, all of this 
actual uh, ecosystem development, true organic ecosystem development that actually touches the real world. Not in a rug pull way, okay? Not in a rug pull way, not in a fake... Uh, you know, not 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 in like a fake ownership of representation of ownership kind of way in a real way. Right. Where there's actually Bitcoin backed mortgages, you know, like that's this is this is massive. I, I think that this is massive. And it's not to say that I would necessarily endorse or use those products myself. But what I'm saying is, is that we are seeing it come out of the digital world and touch the real world. Yes, we all know that Bitcoin was already being used to make purchases once upon a time and things like that. And you can go and buy gift cards and you can you can buy stuff online already with it. But when you start to see these bigger items, right, when they start to have an infrastructure that flows well, that the user experience is not painful, okay, or possibly superior to today's user experience with what we have. Um, I, I, I just think that all these existing systems are in trouble, you know? And I, and I just wanted to mention something, guys. You know, I'm sure you noticed. You noticed that those articles didn't mention shitcoins? No. Nope. Right? Those are Bitcoin companies <laughs> raising all that money, right? Um, so, again, you know, you have Lightning facilitating, you know, faster transactions, Right. Where do shitcoins fit into this? Why, you know, what, wh wh where's the, you know, where's the tech narrative? Where's the thing that you're trying to sell it at? That's essentially what we've been talking about, right? Um, but anyways, Texas Slim, I know that you're going to have a very interesting take. Well, I mean, you, you look at it in one people, I think people don't talk about insurance enough. How many billions of dollar insurances? Once insurance gets interested in Bitcoin, that you're going to see things change dramatically. What is insurance? Where do they store their value now? You know, let's look at that and kind of project that out here in the future about what is insurance going to do? I've, I've been looking at insurance companies the last six months to see what they do. So I thought this was pretty, pretty kick ass when it came out. Um, you know, as far as the, you look at it and Sailor said it the best, you know, it's like buying four blocks on Manhattan. How tall can you build, man? How, how tall can you build right now? And people are starting to say, we're going to be the first to build on top of this protocol. And, you know, we're going to store our value in there. And that, I think if people can start visualizing that with these big moves like this one today, uh, they're going to start understanding. It's like, I'm going to be using Bitcoin no matter what I'm doing here. So I might as well buy some as well. Absolutely. And I, I think... Great points. And yeah, man, it, it's, it's I love what Sailor said. And I remember that it's like if you were able to buy property in New York City in Manhattan. Right. Think about it. A hundred years ago, would you buy that property a hundred years ago? Manhattan property. Right. Think about it. You know, that's essentially the analogy that he was making. Right. Yeah. But anyways, uh, moving on to. Very interesting topic, and we have Texas Slim, so he's going to give us a very interesting perspective on this. So let's get to it. You guys know the drill. We don't just read you articles. We like to connect the dots, and we like to tell you, you know, an overarching story, right? And you connect it. There's a lot of signal in all of this noise. Anyways, check this out. Article by Reuters. Apparently, they're not British. They're German. Thank you to the plebs for correcting us. Anyways, British inflation surged to its highest in more than 10 years in November, jumping to 5.1%. 
and potentially unsettling the Bank of England a day before it announces whether it's, it is raising interest rates for the first time since COVID struck. Hear that. Again, Central Bank of England saying potentially, not raising interest rates, but potentially raising interest rates, right? Price pressure from a broad range of consumer goods and services, but especially petrol, clothing, and footwear lay behind the increase in inflation to its higher since September 2011 the Office for National Statistics said, right? So we have record or since 2011, you know, uh, inflation in the UK. Let's check out the, the good old US of A. Wholesale prices measure rose 9.6% in November a year ago, the fastest pace on record, right? So we reported about a week ago, a couple days ago, right? The core producer price increase increased 6.9%. That is the fastest in decades, right? So again, you know, what is going on here? What is going on here? You're seeing record amount of inflation in the UK, record amount of inflation in the US, 9.6 wholesale prices. What wholesale is, guys, is essentially if you're a retailer, right? Have you ever gone to Costco? You buy the products and they're a lot cheaper. Those are wholesale prices, right? So usually when you buy something wholesale, that's essentially what people, what menu or what retailers buy from, they buy at wholesale prices, right? So the fact that wholesale prices rose 9.6% is going to affect you because in business, what are they going to do? They're going to pass on those costs to consumers, right? Anyways, wholesale prices increased at their quickest price on record in November and the latest sign that the inflation pressure is bedeviling that's an interesting word the economy are still present the labor department reported tuesday the producer price index for final demand increased 9.6 percent over the previous 12 months after increasing another 0.8 percent in november economists have been looking for an annual gain of 9.2 percent again the fiat economists are wrong i wonder why and here's more signal. Excluding food, energy, and trade services, price rose is 0.7%. <laughs> Conveniently, the most expensive things, we're just going to leave them out. The things that people spend the most amount of money on. Putting core PPI at 6.9%, also the largest gain on record. Breaking these records, but not in a good way. Estimates were, estimates were for respected gains of 0.4%. Fiat economists wrong once again. Bitcoiners right once again. And 7.2%, meaning the monthly gain was faster than estimates but the year over year measure was a bit slower oh oh you know they, they like to tell you it's not that bad the ship is sinking but it's okay the numbers come from headline consumer prices running at their fastest pace in nearly 40 years in core inflation the hottest in about 30 years absolutely crazy now why is all this happening they would like you to believe it's because of the thing that we cannot speak about and the supply chain but if you actually look at the data they are printing lots and lots of money. <laughs> and why does inflation happen? Because you're printing more paper, right? You're debasing the currency. Now let's look at the fat, the Fed asset sheet. This is the mechanism in which the Fed justifies the printing of money. It's called the Mandrick mechanism. Really recommend this excellent book that Phil recommended to me. It's called The Creature of Jekyll Island. And you'll see how rigged the Federal Reserve and central banking really is. This experiment started in 2008, right when Bitcoin was born. Satoshi said in the Genesis block, he said, Chancellor on the second bailout for bank. It's almost as if he knew they were going to keep on doing this. And Satoshi was absolutely right. Look at how many assets the Fed just keeps putting on their balance sheet. 
before, back in the day when the government wanted to print money, they had to sell bonds to the open market. However, there's not enough money in the entire world, even if you put the uh, uh, Norwegian Sovereign Wealth Fund and the Saudi Sovereign Wealth Fund, they couldn't fund the amount of bonds that the Fed, they couldn't buy the amount of bonds that the Fed is selling to themselves. The Fed is selling bonds to themselves and they don't talk about this in these articles. They purposely leave it out. They want you in the dark. Anyways, check this out, this article by the New York Times. Today, uh, Wednesday, the Fed had an announcement, right? You know, inflation is getting out of control. The Fed has two main purposes to exist. One is to control unemployment. The second, well, they're really not in order, but two main things. And the second is to control inflation. That is why the Fed supposedly exists on paper. Anyways, check it out. Fed eyes three rate increases in 2022 slows stimulus as prices increases. What this means is that they are slowing the printing of money according to them. But I'll get to why we think that is BS. Federal Reserve policymakers on Wednesday said they will cut back on their stimulus more quickly at a moment of rapid inflation and strong economic growth, capping a challenging year with a pronounced policy pivot that could usher in higher interest rates in 2022. <laughs> could usher. I highlighted that part. Again, a bunch of blah, 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 blah. Could, could, could. Not doing something no 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 could 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 and what is happening right more inflation so what bitcoiners are predicting jack dorsey uh max kaiser max kaiser specifically says you cannot taper off a ponzi right um what uh jack dorsey also said this right you have a, a very smart people uh ron paul as well he calls it the crack up boon you can't stop the money printing without crashing the entire economy, sending us into a recession, if not a depression. So this Fed is stuck between a rock and a hard place, which is why they are coming out with this garbage. Yes, we are going to do something, but not yet. Not yet. We're going to do something, but not yet. Anyways, moving on. When it comes to the bond buying program, which is what I was just talking about, this is the justification of the printing of money. Officials are slashing their purchases by twice as much as they had announced last month, a pace that would put them on track to end the program altogether in March. I'm going to show you this chart. Do you think that all of a sudden this is just going to flatline? Do you really look at the look at just look at the history guys okay just look at the history do you really believe that fucking bullshit do you really I'm, excuse me for the language but like come on bro okay anyways strengthening labor market and elevated inflation preppers prompted the central bank to speed up the reduction in asset purchases again that is basically saying we're going to slow down the printing of money that's what it means right he noted that supply chain disruptions have been larger and lasted longer than expected and said price gains it's like oh we didn't know this was coming you know we didn't know this was coming how how did we know you know record amount of money printing right historically it's always led to inflation but this time it's going to be different like these guys they're not morons like they know what's going on anyways ending the bond buying program sooner will position the central bank to more quickly raise its policy interest rate the fed more traditional and more powerful tool it officials decide that doing so is necessary to keep inflation under control do you realize all the words that they're using <laughs> to just saying that we might stop printing money and we might taper off but just right not now just not right now but we're going to and 
This is really funny because they said the exact same thing last week. Anyways, rates are currently set near zero and officials project that rates stand at 2.1% at the end of 2024. I'm calling bullshit on that. Anyways, moving on. Here's a really useful chart. And again, look at all the propaganda. <laughs> They want to let you know that they have it under control, right? So the end of uh, this is each square represents one Fed official's judgment, right? Uh, this is where they project the interest rates are going to be in the next two years, right? This is a projection. This is what the current, this is what the actual current level is, 0 to 0.25%. And this is where they think the interest rates are going to be in 2022 and in 2023. Again, we're not economists, but so far we've been awfully accurate. And why? Because we study history. And to quote Max Kaiser, you can't taper off a Ponzi. If they raise interest rates, if they stop the bond buying program, or like we just call it in simpleton terms, printing money, the economy crashes. The stock market crashes. All those congressmen that own all that Apple stock and all those very nice stocks guess what all their portfolio value is going to go down remember that the rich and the wealthy and the powerful are not affected by inflation as much as the middle class and the poor because they can afford to move their money into hard assets into sound assets it is the lower and middle class that are living paycheck to paycheck that can't afford to put their money into sound assets they are the ones most affected by this theft also known as inflation they're stuck in a hard place i don't think they're gonna get out of it we're not economists so we're not gonna make predictions like max kaiser like ron paul but I, I personally, my opinion as a pleb is that they're effed. But there's a good solution to all this. Sopped out by Bitcoin. Watch the fireworks. This is really good for Bitcoin. Everything's good for Bitcoin, but inflation is especially good for Bitcoin. Phil? Man, we just watched a fantastic show, okay, of essentially... A whole bunch of nothing, right? It's a it whole was, bunch of nothing. It, what did that article, like the, with the graphics and whatever, they said exactly what they said last week. We might taper this off next year. Bear with us. <laughs> that that that's the other thing, right? And did you notice? So so that that's interesting, right? They might taper this off. We saw the timeline of March, right? March twenty twenty two. Didn't they just raise? Didn't we just? I think in the daily fail, we just covered that they raised the debt ceiling. So, all right. So we know that that just happened, which we know that that makes no difference. I personally see this as I've always said, it's, it's theater. We're just watching them play pretend, but unfortunately we're watching them play pretend with real assets, right? And things that are in some cases like our time, which is, you know, irreversible. So and, and and extremely important that we can't get rid of it, but the, these people don't give a shit. Um, and and I'm not saying every single one of them. I know that some some of these people are are just really you know like everybody else incentivized and you know just trying to quote unquote you know keep their family above water and stuff like that. But I, I do believe to a certain extent when you understand that the money is broken and you continue to push the narrative that you can get out of this problem by doing more magic tricks, that's when you start to become uh, like a, a dangerous person, right? And that's when the ideas become dangerous because they're affecting many people in a very negative way. I mean, look, 
Nico, I don't see how they can flatline that that curve without causing a massive it's exactly what they said without causing a massive recession or depression okay or what are they going to do they're going to raise interest rates to levels that people haven't seen since 1987 and then what that's still going to crash the economy it's going to crash the economy but from a different angle so they they can't win they really can't win. I, I, I just don't see a way out of this. But we have an awesome guest today, and he's going to tell us from a different perspective, right? Mm-hmm. And guys, remember that, we, you know, we're seeing this from Bitcoin perspective, and, you know, we're laughing and joking about it. But this is not good, okay? And this is going to affect all, ass, all facets of society and, uh, you know, Texas Slim in the industry that he works in right he has a a very unique perspective on food so texas slim what's going on in food right now and how's inflation playing a role well i mean anytime you look at food inflation and i don't really even pay attention to the cpi it's a joke we know it's a joke and everything but when they successfully kind of convince you know the masses the whatever you want to call them out there that food is not part of inflation you know, just think how much they are truly hiding. But with food inflation also, what comes with that, because they're, they're really chasing profits, is the quality of food goes down. And of course, you know, it becomes inflated. Uh, the quantity, you know, you get shrinkflation as well. So there's a lot of things that they manipulate that nobody ever even pays attention to. And so with the quality of food going down, that means they introduce a lot of new fake commodities into your food groups. And that's exactly what they've been working on for a long time. And, you know, with my perspective of what I'm seeing, you know, I really do think there's going to be a short term food supply shortage here after Christmas. I I was about I was I was about to ask you that question exactly because based on my sources, I'm hearing the same thing that in January, early next year, you might see a. Again, there's no way to confirm this, okay? We're not trying to predict anything, but it's just based on the data that we're seeing and our interpretation of that data. So I'm glad, Texas Slim, and I'm sorry to cut you off, that before you you beat me to the punch, you essentially said exactly the follow-up question that I was about to ask you is, I'm hearing things about a potential food shortage, and Mm -hmm. you already said it, right? So that's insane. Could you tell us a little bit about that and why that is, why that's being caused? Well, there's going to be a lot of angles to that, right? I mean, we look at all the supply chain lines and, you know, they're blaming all that kind of crap. And there's been a lot of stuff that's, you know, been going out as far as manipulation in the markets. My big thing right now, of course, is animal protein. It's the beef initiative. And so the way I look at it is they are trying to do a food supply reset here. And uh, they're trying to do it in ways that, you know, they probably have never had success doing it, but they're going to leverage COVID and then they're going to try to build in this carbon credit bullshit. But, uh, you know, by saying, hey, there's a supply chain shortage, they can reintroduce food groups into it because there's been so many changes that they did within the grass rule with the FDA, with all this new innovation, with stem cell meat, with, uh, you know, pea protein, soy protein, all this kind of new stuff that they're, they're doing in the labs. They're ready to start introduce that. So what do you do? You cause a short term food supply shortage and then say, Hey, we've got it. We we've, we're saving the world. 
we're going to make you healthier and you're going to eat this new fake commodity. Well, guess what? We did that after 1971. What the fuck happened in 1971? You know, look at us now as a nation. We're metabolically bankrupt and they're about to do it again. And many people will not pay attention to that. And, you know, I just see that's one of the biggest catalysts for this is going to be that that short-term food supply shortage that they'll be able to blame on whatever and everybody's going to believe it. they'll say it's you know the dead so um you know i could go on for a very long time here but that's one thing you know i just i'm trying to get people to say hey you know just be aware of this i'm not trying to predict i hope i'm wrong i hope i'm dead wrong and we can just go out there and have a good time eating good food but i just don't see it not not happening absolutely and, and look it, it reminds phil go ahead I was just quickly going to say, if if you've ever tasted one of those, you know, quote unquote, meatless burgers, you you know that we're definitely not going down the, the right path. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I've tried it and, and it tastes like Play-Doh, uh, even after it's cooked. So, uh, you know. But let's I, bring, I let, me, let, me, let me say something mm-hmm. to that real quick, Phil. And that's where people yeah. always go and they do the fake meat. But guess what, guys? It's in the pizza pockets. It's in the freaking chicken. It's in everything you're touching already that you're addicted to. They're going to make it even worse. And so you want to talk about all this soy, we, you know, everything that I'm against. You know, it's just not the meat per se. It's the, it's the fake protein that they're going to elevate as well. And, and remember, if you think we're conspiracy theorists, okay, the World yeah. Economic Forum eat bugs. The Fed said... In this Thanksgiving, the Fed themselves, the Federal Reserve, you heard that right. Perhaps you might want to try soy instead of turkey. Remember, we covered that, Phil, right? So, go ahead. Wasn't there also, wasn't there also, uh, for the 4th of July, didn't they also talk about how uh, we were going to all of a sudden have bean salad or something? Like, all of a sudden, 4th of July, it's just the, you know, the new, the the big crave, right? Man, it is... (laughs) It's just absolutely crazy. And look, and I know what a lot of you guys are thinking. How does Bitcoin play into all this? This is a Bitcoin show. Bitcoin plays into all this because Bitcoin fixes this. Bitcoin protects you from this political money garbage. It values your time. It values your energy. It values your work. And it protects it, right? It protects it from debasement. It protects it from confiscation, right? It protects it from totalitarianism. It allows you to move, pick up your wealth, and leave if in the if in the jurisdiction that you're in is uh, particularly, you know, bad, right? We're already seeing a lot of Bitcoiners do that in Germany, right? They're they're migrating to other countries because of the things that are happening there, not to get into more detail, but I'm sure you guys know. So that is the power of Bitcoin. So the reason that we cover all of this is we're trying to highlight the clown world that is the fiat world, right? This is absolutely crazy. And if you think voting is going to bail you out, you are really mistaken on this because both parties have been printing money like crazy and it's not because they're necessarily bad people it's because they have the power to do that right bitcoin fixes this it's rules without rulers right so anyways phil there was an open source software release today why do you tell everybody about it software releases Software releases are brought to you by CypherSafe. Check them out, cyphersafe.io. Store your seed in the cypher wheel. It's made of steel, pet-proof, tamper-proof, weather-proof, fill-proof, I'll say it again. Anyways, the link is down below. 
We've got Passport version 1.0.8 beta that was released. Guys, don't forget, rain or shine, Monday through Saturday, unless Nico, because it's usually Nico that makes the videos that, that tells you the, the, the bad news. Unless Nico tells you that we're not doing an episode, we're doing an episode. Check us out, audio only, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, we are there all the time. Awesome. Thank you, Phil. All right, guys, that was our show. Before we go, I want to give a very special shout out to a friend of ours, Bitcoiner, and just a badass by default, Texas Slim. You can go give him a follow at Modern T-Man and definitely keep up with his Texas Beach Initiative that just rebranded to not just the Texas Beach Initiative, to the Beef Initiative. Definitely subscribe to his newsletter. We're going to put the link down below. You put your email in and you'll get his newsletter periodically every so often to keep you up to date with really cool food intelligence. But anyways, guys, that was our show. If you enjoyed the show, smash that like button. And of course, if you want to continue hearing the catastrophic fails from the clown world and the Bitcoin news from the play perspective, definitely consider subscribing. And we'll see you tomorrow, guys, for a brand new episode of Simply Bitcoin. We're surrounded by disingenuous, useful idiots. Be vigilant. <laughs> Peace, guys. Booyakasha! We'll